We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Rob Doster here for the Field of 60. Today, we are bringing you another episode in our Off the Carousel series, where we will be joined by each and every new head coach to the Division I ranks. There are almost 60 of them. We're going to be rolling these out a couple of days throughout the month of May and the month of June. So make sure that you subscribe to the channel. And if you like this interview, don't be afraid to tap that like button. That stuff really does help our channel and help our presence on YouTube. It helps more people like you find this content. And since I have you guys here, make sure that you check out our Instagram and TikTok pages. We are going to be pumping out more unique content over there throughout the summer heading into next season. Like, for example, did you know that Penny Hardaway was shot when he was a player in college? I bet you didn't know that. There are more stories like that on those pages. The links are in the description below. So now, without further ado, let's get into another edition of Off the Carousel. Welcome back to another edition of the Off the Carousel series on the field of 68. I'm Sean Paul, joined by new BMI head coach, Andrew Wilson. Coach, how are you doing today? Great, Sean. Doing really well. I appreciate you having me on. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, absolutely. So Dan Earl was hired at Chattanooga on April 1st. Ten days later, you were announced as a new head coach of BMI. What was that 10-day process like for you going from an assistant at James Madison under Mark Byington, who you spent a lot of time with, to being a head coach at BMI, your first head coaching job? Yeah, it was wild. Uh, Everything happened really quickly. And um, obviously, Coach Earl and his staff did a tremendous job here at VMI and uh, really built a a solid foundation and a solid program. Um, When I went to the Final Four in New Orleans uh, with my wife, uh, this was not even a possibility at VMI. Uh, mm. I was not in the mix at the time. I got a call Monday night, the night of the national championship game, asking me if I wanted to come interview the next day. Wow. And um, I knew very little about VMI at that time. So I ended up staying up all night. I didn't sleep at all. I didn't watch the <laughs> national championship game. And I did a crash course on VMI to try wow. to learn as much as I could about the institution. And obviously it's a different and very unique place. Um, with a lot of old traditions that are embraced uh, by the Institute and everybody around it. And so I felt like it was really important to uh, just educate myself as much as I could 
uh, before I had the opportunity to interview for the job. And so uh, things happened really, really quickly. Um, and I ended up being named the head coach uh, a week later. So what sold you on this job? I mean, now that I know that you didn't even get contacted until like a week before you got the job, what sold you on this job? The opportunity, the opportunity to build my own program mm -hmm. from the ground up. Um, when I came to VMI, I interviewed, as I mentioned, on Tuesday after the national championship game. And I had never stepped foot. I made the mistake on my interview of calling it a campus, and they refer to it here as the post. <laughs> and so they quickly corrected me during that process. But I had never, I had driven past Lexington, Virginia several times on the recruiting trail, but had never actually pulled off the expressway to see what the post was like. Mm -hmm. And so when I got the first opportunity to step foot here, I realized what a beautiful place it was, what a unique place it was, and that I felt like this was a place where a coach could be highly successful and build a program. And so I knew that VMI basketball had a, had a tradition that dated back to the late 70s and early 80s when they had a lot of great players. They made a run to the Elite Eight and to the Sweet 16 and back-to-back -back years in the late 70s. And so they had tradition here. And I felt like it was a place where I could build my own tradition and try to get it back to that level. And so after I had a chance to meet with the leadership um, here at the Institute, I just felt really excited that they were committed to trying to build a really successful men's basketball program. So we already now know that one of the differences between VMI and other schools is that it's called a post and not a campus. In your month that you've been a head coach at VMI, what have you learned that some of the differences are between a military academy and a regular college like James Madison, like you were at before? Sure, sure. There's a lot of differences. Um, the number one difference is that um, our cadets are required to wear uniforms to class every day. Mm. And so uh, when you walk around the post, um, our cadet athletes, whether you're a cadet athlete or you're a cadet, everybody's a cadet. <laughs> and so you walk around, you're in uniform. Um, it, it's a special and unique place from that standpoint. There's a real sense of brotherhood at VMI. There's only 1,700 students here. And so it's a public state university, but it has the feel of a private institute. Uh, because of the size, because of the uniqueness of the situation. And so that's probably the biggest thing that kind of stood out to me. Um, you know, another part is as a coach, uh, learning the times that I'm going to be able to spend time with our guys, that we're going to be able to practice and work out. Um, it works a little differently here because you have small windows of time where mm -hmm. you have opportunities to work with them every single day. You don't necessarily have uh, different times throughout the day where you're able to work with them. So let's get into your playing career a little bit. You spent six seasons of college basketball at Florida state and you were there when Leonard Hamilton got there. You spent four seasons with Leonard Hamilton. What were you able to learn from a guy like Leonard Hamilton? Who's now turned into one of the all-time greats and seeing what he's turned Florida state into over the last 20 years. Yeah, I, I learned so much from him. And I actually told, I told all of our guys here when I got the job at VMI, that I went through a coaching change when I was at Florida State as a player. Mm -hmm. So I understood what each one of them was going through, the, the stress and anxiety that can come with 
the uncertainty of who the new coach is going to be and are you going to fit into his style and system and, and to his plans. And for me at Florida State, I was just really, really fortunate that I was not a great player. I, I was a I was a role player, but you played division one college basketball, though. That's more than just about anybody can say. Well, um, Coach Hamilton, the things that he valued as a coach that were really important to him, especially during those early stages of building the program. I feel like I aligned with his vision. Um, He's a he's a very uh, heavy, heavy minded defensive coach. He's got a defensive philosophy that he believes in that he was really successful with at University of Miami and how he built that program and how he built Oklahoma State when he was the head coach there. And so I think when Coach Hamilton got to Florida State, our roster probably wasn't good enough at the time. And so we really had to commit to the defensive end of the floor. And that's one thing that I valued as a player that I thought was really important. And so I was just really lucky, to be honest with you, that we saw eye to eye on a lot of the things and, and the, kind of the vision of how he wanted to build the program. And so I think uh, kind of moving forward and, and looking back on it, my experience as a player there, um, I'm going to use a lot of those same experiences that I had as a player. that are going to help me as a coach now. And he really gave me that, that defensive foundation for how I want to play today. So let's talk about the portal a little bit. You guys are a little different. You guys don't have a graduate school, so you can't get super seniors back. And your transfer situation is a little different. Can you explain kind of what goes into taking a transfer at VMI? Sure. Uh, The recruiting process definitely works a little bit differently here. Um, Where I think we're in a a time and age now where a lot of colleges and universities are looking in the transfer portal. Um, Ours is going to be very selective. Um, I think our target area is going to be more of division two, uh, first year players that want the opportunity to play division one, but we're going to have to get them after their first year, um, because of some of the academic requirements here at VMI, it's 136 hours to earn a degree from VMI where most universities and colleges around the country are usually around 120 mark. So because of NCAA rules, that players have to meet when they transfer or after a first or second or third year. After your first year, you have to meet a 20% towards graduation after your first year. After your second year, you have to meet 40%, third year, 60% towards degree. So when these kids are looking for a new place in the transfer portal and they might look at a place like VMI, we might not be able to take them even though they might be a good fit basketball wise, we might not be able to take them because of how many hours, 136 that it takes to require to, to uh, graduate from here. So we're going to be limited as to who we can pursue, but I think that does leave us a really big opportunity to go after some high school kids that are maybe being overlooked. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the high school kids right now, it's amazing how many kids are out there that don't have anything right now. Mm-hmm. And they are legitimate mid-major plus players that can impact the college program right now who don't have anything. And so I think we're going to have an opportunity um, in the high school market to be able to land some really good players. So let's talk about next year's team. You guys lose your top four scores, Jake Stevens, Camden Kerfman, Honor Huff, Trey Bonham, all transferred. 
So what's the kind of what are you expecting from your team in year one? Sean Conway's back. Tanner Mans is back. You guys get some important players back. But what are you kind of expecting in year one from your roster? Yeah, well, you mentioned all those guys. Um, when I took the job here, all four of them were in the transfer portal already. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jake Stevens had already decided on a new home. Uh, two of our guys had already started taking visits. And um, I really only had an opportunity to recruit one of them. And, um, you know, I told all those guys when I met with them individually that I wasn't upset with them for being in the portal. Um, If I was in their shoes, I probably would have done the same thing. If there was no head coach in place over a period of time, you're not sure who the new guy is going to be, what his philosophy is going to be. And so I had that conversation with each one of them. And so now we're at the point where I have to replace four of our most productive players on our roster who are all eligible to return mm-hmm. with, with high school freshmen. And so the good thing with that is that I have an unbelievable playing opportunity that I'm able to sell right now to high school players who, and, and everybody wants to play. Everybody wants an opportunity to be on the court. Nobody wants to come in, especially nowadays with the transfer market the way it is, and wait till year two or three for their opportunity to play. And Mm -hmm. so I do think that gives me a window of opportunity to really go recruit these high school players and sell this playing opportunity that I have. I think as I look to build a program, you know, the Southern Conference is a a really tough league right now. Mm. Over the last five years, out of 33 Division I conferences, the Southern Conference is ranked 11th out of those 33 leagues. So it's one of the best mid-major leagues in the country. There's been four coaches from this league over the last four years who have gotten power five jobs. And so there's a lot of good players, a lot of good coaches. Um, I think for us this year, the biggest thing is establishing our identity as a program. And what is our identity going to be? What are we going to stand for? And so I think that's going to be the biggest thing in year one here at VMI. So you mentioned your identity. You mentioned that you learned a lot of defensive stuff from Leonard Hamilton. What will VMI basketball look like under Andrew Wilson? Because over the past 15 years or so, they've been a fast-paced offense that shoots a lot of threes. What will they look like under you? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, For me, I'm going to change some things defensively. I I think as coaches, I think our our eyes gravitate naturally towards one end of the floor or the other. Mm -hmm. For me, I gravitate more towards the defensive end. Um, I've always been that way, especially learning under Coach Hamilton at Florida State. And so we're going to be a tough defensive-minded team. With that being said, I did work under Bobby Kremens for six years, a very offensive-minded guy, and worked under Mark Byington at Georgia Southern and JMU. And we always had some of the best offensive teams in the country, some of the most fast-paced offensive teams in the country. So I do want to push the ball. I do want to play fast. I don't know if we'll lead the country in three-point attempts like under Coach Earl, but uh, we're going to have some fun on offense, and we're going to play fast. And I need to recruit guys to my system. I need to recruit uh, big, versatile, athletic guards that can play multiple positions, that can defend multiple positions. And those are the guys that we're trying to identify right now in the recruiting process. So let's get into the final question here. You've done a lot of recruiting over your career as a college coach. Let's get your best recruiting story that you can share on here for us. Wow. Well, you know, it's amazing sometimes how the recruiting game works out. 
And sometimes the guys who are the most heavily recruited mm-hmm. are the most coveted guys, you know, turn out to maybe not have great careers. And sometimes the guys who are very under recruited, who don't have a lot of opportunities turn out to be the best players. And probably the best recruiting story that I have is when I was at college of Charleston, um, I was right out of college and I was responsible for recruiting the city of Atlanta mm-hmm. when I was at college of Charleston. And so uh, Coach Kremens had obviously had a lot of success at Georgia Tech, had developed a great reputation in the city. And so my job was pretty easy, recruiting the city of Atlanta at College of Charleston for somebody like Bobby Kremens. And so I found a player there named Andrew Godlock, <laughs> who played at Stone Mountain High School and had zero Division I offers. And I went to see him play late in his senior year. It was getting late in the process. And um, my first game watching him, I think he had one of the worst games of his career. But I could tell he played in a really high-level league. Um, the league that he came from had like 15 Division I players. And so he, he wasn't making a lot of shots that night, but everything was right there. It was right there. Mm-hmm. And um, so I went back to see him again, and he scored almost 50 points in the game that I went back to. <laughs> so I came back and told Coach Kremens, I said, Coach, I think we got a pretty good player here. And um, so Andrew Godlock ended up coming to College of Charleston, became the all-time leading scorer in College of Charleston history, became one of the top 40 scorers in the history of the NCAA basketball, uh, one of the top 20 three-point shooters in the history of the game, uh, got drafted in the second round by the Los Angeles Lakers, uh, got nicknamed Mini Mamba by Kobe Bryant as his teammate, and uh, played with the Houston Rockets briefly as well, and is uh, still playing overseas Mm. today and so it's just amazing sometimes how we as coaches we chase after certain guys and pursue certain guys and and sometimes that's not the right answer Mm. and um, sometimes the guy who is who is humble and hungry and might not have a lot on his plate sometimes end up being the best players that's a good one for sure that'll do it for this edition of off the carousel on the field of 68 thanks again to vmi head coach andrew wilson for joining me And until next time, have a good one, everybody. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.